WIW-iRadio76 proudly presents the 515 Show with your host, John Sarver. Who's at the 515 door today? Well, luckily, it is a, uh, a friend that we've had for a couple of different times. And I'm telling you, every time we talk to this guy, we don't ever want him to leave. It, it's fascinating what he does. It's Al Thomas of Nedra, matter of fact, uh, is here with us today. Hey, Al. Hey, how you doing, John? Dandy. And again, it's too bad it's snowy on your side of the state. <laughs> Keep it over there. But, you know, I, I think... No, it's, I, go ahead. It's good. It's good. It, it's, it's, I, I'm happy. It's fascinating to me that we were talking a little off mic that there there is an electric snowmobile that you right. can go buy. Okay, I mean, how long have these little gems been on the market? How come we never saw them? I am sitting on uh, my computer right now. Uh, one's called the Tega, T-A-I-G-A, 100% electric high-torque snowmobile. Uh, they make three models, uh, Echo Mountain, Atlas Crossover, and a Nomad Utility. Wow. Uh, they also make watercraft. They make They make... Uh, personal watercraft that are electric. So this this snowmobile looks incredible. Uh, it really does. I'm afraid so for how much. Uh, oh no! It's it's got to have crazy torque on that little guy. <laughs> kind of. Yep. <laughs> I just switched you off my head my headset, which wasn't working very well. <laughs> Okay, good. I'm glad. <laughs> I thought something blew up, and it'd be like, "Oh, here's it first. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's amazing that everything is going on with Nedra right now because we see it's blowing up, and boy, oh boy, I don't know if if it's because the antenna are up from you know the PRI show and stuff, but I'm seeing a little bit on Facebook. It actually looks like it's gaining momentum that all of a sudden there's a bunch of anti-electric race car posts, and I don't know where they're yeah. coming from, but um, who's getting nervous here? Well, the vocal minority are certainly uh, out there. And uh, there's a lot of unfounded uh, uncertainty. A lot of people are afraid of change. Um, they haven't tried... Uh, an electric car, um, and I I think they feel like they're you know they're they're opposed to anything getting shoved down down their throat. So uh, I I think there's the you know the position that they they absolutely don't even want to try it out. They don't want to see them. They they have a distaste for uh, electric cars and electric race cars. Um, but ultimately. Um, it's it's going to happen. Uh, it, there there's just absolutely no other direction right now, and uh, I think we'll have predominantly electric transportation uh, for the bulk of our our transportation needs. And then there will always be hobbyists with uh, electric, I mean, uh, or internal combustion engine um, race cars and hobbyists who uh, keep cars around that are internal combustion engine. I don't think they'll ever make them all go away. Um, but 
you know, the, the bulk of them will be electric, and it makes sense. It's 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 cheaper to drive an electric car than it is just to make the gasoline. The electricity used to make the gasoline is enough to power the electric car. Really? Yes. Wow. If we just shut down the refineries that make the electric uh, make the gasoline, if every uh, refinery shut down right now, we'd have enough electricity to power our cars for free. For free? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, the electricity that goes into making gasoline. Uh, all right. Let's say uh, it, it takes about. Um, I think I'm, I'm going to use some numbers from memory. Sure. Uh, Thirty kilowatts to make a gallon of gasoline, and boy, I better check that because that's. Uh, yeah, you know darn well that <laughs> people right. people are going to call you on that one. Right. Um, all right. It's. Boy, I better type fast. <laughs> it's eight kilowatts. Okay. Uh, uh, it takes eight kilowatts, eight kilowatt hours to refine one gallon of gasoline. And an electric car using the U.S. average can go about 22 miles on that eight kilowatts. So if we're going to use apples to apples, we'd have to add that 22 miles onto the mileage that an electric car gets just to be even. Uh, let me see. An EV can go around 30 kilowatt hours, uses about 30 kilowatt hours, go a hundred miles. Um, yeah, we, if we, here's, here's a quote from Autoblog. Uh, all right, here we go. So if we were able to magically use all the electricity that is currently spent to give us gas, and shove it into automobile battery packs instead, we'd use less energy and no gasoline. Wow. Wow. I mean, we'd use less energy. It, meaning, meaning we'd have a surplus of electricity. People say we don't have enough electricity in the grid. But yeah. if we stopped making gasoline, we'd have a surplus and still run all of our electric cars. Well, that that's always one of the first things that comes up. It's like, well, the grid can't handle it. Well, yeah, if, if what you're saying is, you know, you just shift it. <laughs> you shift it from that big right. marathon thingy that they have down there in, um, say, Allen Park or yes. Lincoln Park. You know, and if that just, you turn everything off and you turn those, like, electrical lines to go to wherever they have to go, you know, then we're right. all driving cars and we're not sweating the grid. That's right. fascinating. It, it's a wash. Yeah, but it's... It, it really is a wash. It's almost a win. I mean, really, it's, <laughs> we're talking about this today. I mean, back, you know, in the 60s and stuff, when you would go by that refinery, you know, on the way to Southgate, oh, boy. <laughs> Could you right. see the air? <laughs> right, and it's lit up. It's lit up like a, you know, yeah. a, a spaceport. Yeah, it really There's is. There's lights everywhere. 
Yeah, at night, it, it is amazing how bright that place is, and you're wondering, yeah, <laughs> what's your electric bill over there? <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Exactly, and then we're not, we're not adding in the cost for the gas station's electricity bills on top of that, you know, but I want, I want you to know, we're going to have to have electricity bills. There'll still be gas stations. They just won't be selling gas. They'll have yeah. electric uh, refilling areas, and there'll still be convenience stores, but they will have um, some type of charging system there, and uh, we're going to see them. I mean, the the, uh, the the fuel companies right now are investing heavily into charging. So we'll start seeing them at our gas stations. Yeah, see, that was one of the other things that keeps coming up whenever we have this discussion with friends. You know, it's like Shell isn't going away. You know, BP isn't sell, You know, going to say, oh, you know, we're, we're just shutting everything down here, folks. They have those corners for a reason. They just won't have big EPA <laughs> tanks there, you know. I mean, exactly. Big oil is, you know, if anything, in our opinion, are, are they're after the buck, and they'll get it any which way they can. So if they've already established those corners, you're comfortable refilling your car at those corners. All they got to do is switch pumps. You know, you don't care right. what kind of pump they have as long as your car is ready to go by the time you hit 12-mile road. You know, it's... Right. It's fascinating because they would have people go, well, where are we going to charge up all the cars? Right there. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, right there. Yeah, we will there. We will at home. You'll plug in at night, and you'll leave every day with a full charge. It's just traveling, uh, and you won't have to plug in but once once a week. You know, it once you switch, and if, if people would start talking to these Tesla owners um, we still have a little bit of range anxiety for you know with the with the cars that are out there right now uh, because long distance travel is still difficult. You have to do some planning, but shortly, if if we give it even five years, we're going to have most of this solved. Um, gasoline has had fifty years to solve some of these problems, and they're at the end. Yeah. And now we'll we'll see in a short period of time we'll solve most of the problems. There'll still be some adaptation, I'm sure, but we'll have most of it solved. Yeah, but EVgo is is I mean they're out of sight right now. I mean we've seen uh, at the Mire that's right over here they have uh, they put in eight eight ten 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 and, and when we say pumps you know charging. Things, but yeah, it, it they have. I think it's five EV goes and five Teslas, or there may be a little bit right. more than that at a Meyer. You know, yeah, it, it's insane to me. Well, Go ahead, Myers. Myers theory: they want the early adoption, and then what they get out of it is the people shop at Meyer. It's intelligent. Oh, heck yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, when we were looking at, at the uh, Bolt when it first came out, you know, you could find Dunkin' Donuts that had a, a charging a charging station right there. Charge up, come on in, have a donut, which we normally wouldn't have. 
you know, okay. Yeah, right. But now you yeah. also, now you also have the folks that say, okay, um, but I don't want to wait 20 minutes for charging. And it's like, yeah, you're right. However, that's today. That's in February of 2022. You know, it's, I mean, think about it in the very beginning when we we're all happy that Volts, Volts had a 35-mile range. We thought, woo, you know, now. <laughs> and so, you know, you think that, and for everybody that's listening out there, you know, General Motors has to sell these cars. Ford has to sell these cars. They're not going to sell these cars on a 20-minute charge. What they're going to do is no. keep developing and developing these batteries, stuff we haven't even seen yet. You know, but it's coming. Yeah. It's here, isn't it? It, it is. Um, they, they have amazing technology, but bringing it to market to to ramp that up to the scale they need is very, very expensive. And I, I've talked about this before, but they can make a they can make a a battery that is great and then they'll build the production line to mass produce it but by the time that you know they, it takes them a year to build the production line by then that battery is obsolete right so all of these batteries uh, except a few almost all of these batteries are hand built and so every lithium battery except some specific sizes are still hand built and it's really expensive if we could get if it'll stabilize if we'll finally get to that battery that's you know it um then we'll build some production lines the battery costs will go way down and that's how tesla is is really winning they're they're building a battery plant that is um variable if they make some adjustments to the battery they can accommodate those changes and still have a mass-produced battery. So they've, they've had a lot of forethought in their production, and now they have a battery technology that uh, will will really win in the end. Yeah, because right now, this is the wild, wild west. Everybody is trying yeah. to come up with the best battery of all time or something that's going to cut 20 minutes into 10 minutes. I mean, what is... I think what they're going to do, Al, is take a look and go, what is what will people accept as a charging time on the road? Not at home, but on the road. I mean, they, everybody has a rule of thumb of how long it takes me to fill up the old F-150. And yep, they, and, they, and right, right, right now they're looking at about 10 minutes, uh, a 10-minute charge. And they think that would be acceptable to most people. That's a rounded-up number, but... It, you know, and I think people would really accept 10 minutes if they had to sit there for 10 minutes and, and fill their vehicle. 10 minutes and for how much range? To get uh, 80% of whatever the, the vehicle's range is. Yeah. What, 80% is considered full for most of the cars. Uh, uh, Tesla, oh, you typically only charge it to 80% unless you're going to go on a trip or something. The... the the normal day-to-day charge is 80%. That that conserves the battery and makes the battery last the longest period of time. So you charge it to 80%, and that's what they're. That's kind of the average in the industry. 
you charge the 80% and then you drive it through the week and you charge it up to 80%. Yeah, because I, I think what's happening too, and especially for people who have like a Lucid or a Rivian or something, something that has real miles, uh, unfortunately, you know, the Bolts and the Volts came out and they had 35 miles at best, 30 miles. And everybody, well, you're going to have to replug those in every single night and stuff like that. With these big boys, I mean, if you're just doing your basic back and forth to work kind of thing, you don't charge these things up every single day unless you live very far, very far away from your work. Right. Well, and a lot of people will get into the habit of plugging in when they get home. They they plug it in and and uh, they leave with a 80% charge. The car is smart enough to shut its charging off at whatever you set it at. So it'll only charge the 80%. The charger shuts off. It's a smart charger, so it, it knows. It communicates with your your um, electric company, and it knows when the electric costs are the lowest. And then it will charge during the night at the lowest electricity cost up back up to 80%. So you're you're ready and if if you forget one day it's not the end of the world typically it'll you know you'll you'll get a week's uh running out of one charge anyways for most typical americans yeah because that was kind of one of those things where it was you know you're, you're going to basically charge it at home the reason why you'll go to the shell station so is, is to I think basically go ahead um we're we're in a good spot yeah John, you there? Yeah, we're still here, aren't you? <laughs> we're worthy, son. We're, we're, well, maybe we're not right there. I'll tell you what. Let us call him back again. Watch how the beauty of radio works. Do, 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 do. There we go. Much better. <laughs> You know, and he, he's right, too, about everything that you can get um, online and everything that you can have. Shell stations aren't going away anytime soon, like nowhere, like nowhere close. And that's what we think is pretty unique. And Shell already has the stuff going. I mean, they have the prototype at um, where in Norway for a lot of this stuff. And that's what makes it interesting. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to see if we can't get the young man back online. And I'm sure we will. Here we go. <laughs> we knew this was going to happen. Mr. Sarver. And that's how we cure cancer. Wild, isn't it? <laughs> God. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we were probably blocked by the, uh, you know, the CIA or something. <laughs> yeah, from Shell Oil. <laughs> Shut up, don't say a word. Um, anyway, well, well, we still have you, though, but that that is kind of the fascinating thing, how, you know, you're going to charge at home, and and you're just going to go yeah. to the shells, Shell Oil thingies for when you're going, you know, distance or something. Yeah, or, you know, you might go a few days and realize you're at 30% or something, and on your way home, you'll you'll top it off at the station, or you'll run in and get a coffee or, a, you know, whatever you need from the convenience store, and you'll you'll chop, top it off while you're in there. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think I think we'll 
we'll have a very similar situation to what we have now, except you do have an opportunity to charge at home. Yeah, which is going to be different from what everybody's always been used to. Yeah, the tank looks like it's on E, go to the corner, go get the gas, come back home. But now you don't have to have that like that. I mean, most homes right. have 220, and I think if you knock on the door, if I'm not mistaken, DTE will be more than happy to put a charger at your house. Yeah, I I just spoke with a guy. Uh, there There is no question that they are very willing to work with anyone that has an electric vehicle. Oh, yes, they are. <laughs> They'll be more than happy to help you out. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, um, and they see it as a blessing, um, and they're they're working on load balancing for the the uh, United States through uh, personal storage in in vehicles. Uh, peak peak use. Um, if your if your vehicle's plugged in, they can buy the electricity from you uh, rather than turning a power plant up. Um, so there, there's some load balancing opportunities here that the uh, that the electric companies see as a big positive. You know what, Al? We were talking about this before you came on. What does it take to have a electric charging station? Say you want to put one in your backyard. Okay, one pump. I mean, it's wild thought, but what would it? T- I mean, the the grid or whatever outside is. You know, you're going to need a little bit more than 220 line going to that. I mean, what would it take for you to have a legitimate pump or a charging station? Yeah, I I think 220 is enough. Um, not for a supercharger, but I don't think you, I don't know if you can get the, uh, the top level supercharger in your garage. So, um, but pretty fast charging with 220 um 440 obviously we would give you you know twice that yeah. uh the amperage so the charging would be that much quicker um but at 220 in your garage it's it's plenty you'll have your car topped off all the time um that wouldn't be a problem a lot of people in the network they share their chargers with um other electric people they're they're actually on the on the google maps and if you type in you want you need a charger in a city uh it used to be that there weren't that many of them but uh individuals would share their charger with other electric vehicle owners so you could just go to bob's house and plug in wow. you know you contact them text them and he would share that with you as a courtesy um there, there are some of those still out there, but uh, now with so many electric charging stations being installed, um, they're all over now. I mean, it, it, it's blanketed the United States, and they're, they're, they're planning on putting in two or three times as many as what currently are there. So they'll be all over. Yeah, the reason why... There'll be no problem. The, the reason why we're talking about that is because in order to have a, a gas pump at your 7-Eleven or at your Meyer or at the Shell station on the corner. You have to have big EPA tanks sunk underground, and it takes a whole lot of 
everything. But in order, if you just went to to Best Buy and bought a, a Tesla charging station, you know, I mean, everybody could conceivably, it doesn't have to be something on the corner or it doesn't have to have something that needs a big parking lot or something. You could put one of these things on the side of a McDonald's. I mean, every McDonald's right. conceivably could have one of these things because they don't have to they, rip up anything. They will have. It will be there. Um, and you're right. Uh, uh, an argument for uh, the the electric grid is that we, we're already experiencing brownouts and we're having problems supplying enough electricity during the day. Yeah. Um, and electric cars can help solve that. They're the, they're the storage medium that the electric companies can put electricity into the cars during the evening and then draw them back out to supply your house or whatever during the day. So if you're going to run your, your air conditioner, you could sell electricity back to the, the uh, electric company or supply it to your own home. Uh, there are a lot of uh, uh, technology being worked on right now where you come in and you plug your car into your house and at peak when the energy is very expensive you draw it from your own car and you power your house off from your car during those peak periods and you cut your electricity bill down because then at night it charges your car back up. Wow, you know the funny thing is that we've seen I think the uh, the electric F-150 the commercials show that in case of a power outage and you see they hook up the cable yeah. to the to the pickup truck and all the lights turn on in the house. Dit, 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 dit. I mean, how much right. how much could you possibly use? I mean, I know it's it's a it's a expansive question, but you know, okay, so my F150 has, you know, an 80% charge right now. Oops. All the lights are down. Oh, my gosh, there's a power outage. Let me hook it up to my truck. I mean, how much power could come out of that truck? I mean, how many are we talking? A couple of lights? Probably a few days of necessary electricity. Depends on the size of your house, of course. But, um, yeah, you could could get uh, a few days of necessary electricity, maybe more. Really? Um, it depends on the type of vehicle. You know, if it was a long-range uh, vehicle, a twin motor, say a Rivian or the uh, Lightning, yeah. uh, long-range version, um, you're going to get three, four days of electric power. What? I mean, running your television and everything, but you won't be able to run your air conditioning units and those types of things that draw a lot of electricity. But, yeah, you'll get... The, the the Rivian and the uh, uh, the Ford product. There's also a new one coming out. Um, dang, I I can't remember what the name of it was. Um, shoot. Okay, when it comes to at midnight, call us I, back. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm not a, a good interviewee. <laughs> You know, we're talking about all these new vehicles that have names that I'm not even familiar with, you know. Um, 
there are so many of them. The uh, the Hummer and the uh, the Rivian, um, the Lightning. We're going to have a, a lot more than that. In fact, there, there's a couple that are coming out that are crazy, but all of these have uh, features where you can go to the job site and plug in your uh, table saw and all your electric tools, and you don't need to string electricity to your house. Um, they There's a couple of commercials, although I don't have any documentation on this, but uh, off-grid homes that... that uh, you know, cabins and whatnot, you'll, you won't have to have generators any longer. You'll just drive your truck in and plug it into the, your cabin, and then you have lights and heat. And then they're going to say, oh, yeah, okay, that's all nice and stuff, but then how much does that drain your battery that you can't get back to your home in the city? Well, yeah, you'd, you'd program that and make sure that you have enough to get to the next charging station or to home. Yeah. But... But if you were only an hour or two away from home and you were going for the weekend, you could run your stuff for the weekend. Probably not air conditioning, but you could run most everything for the weekend and still drive home. Could you run a refrigerator? A small one. And, it, you know, I'm I'm speaking off the cuff, and we'd have to do the calculations because every one of these trucks is different. Oh, sure. It depends on what the the capacity of the truck is. Um, and every one of your refrigerators uh, are different, too. Right. Yeah. Right. So, uh, but I want you to know that as time goes on, they're going to get better. And the cars are going to have these features. We already have, most of our cars have a, a 110 outlet with an inverter. All these electric cars are going to have 110 outlets. So if you go camping, you just run an extension cord and you're good. That's phenomenal. I mean, all of a sudden, Honda is starting to lose sales in Blackhawk generators, but <laughs> one, of the yeah. finest, no kid. one of the finest gas generators of all time, and I still, we use them here. You know, I mean, they're fascinating little units because they don't die. You know, but we were talking, I mean, it was so much of the stuff we were talking, because folks knew you are coming on today. You know, it's like you look at Honda, and Honda's, claim to fame is their motors don't quit their engines don't die you know okay so now if you're an electric motor and you don't need all that where does that put honda because honda is super in our opinion late to the game well they're they're it's their attention to detail i think when they come out with a portable power pack that's the same size as that generator and can provide the same service, uh, we'll look to Honda to still have the same quality that they have sure. all along, except instead of being really quiet, it will be silent. Yeah, and that'll be amazing because people will go, why isn't that working? There it is. <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, we, we're talking. And, go ahead. Well, we'll have, we'll have, you know, components like that that you can take with you on a camping trip and it'll work all weekend. It, you will not need to refill it with gasoline, uh, start it back up, worry about the noise. It'll just run everything all weekend. It's amazing that you could have a, a pop-up camping area because you won't have to, like, run electricity out to the campsites. Here is your campsite. Here right. is your electricity. You know? Right. I, I, Again, we were talking about how this is so 1907. 
meaning that there is so many car companies that are coming out of the woodwork right now that people have never heard of before. You know, I mean, look how they're long they're new. It, yeah, they're new, and everyone we haven't seen, and and we're not talking from the rah-rahs. We haven't seen any of them that are bad, and we're seeing those that top the one before that came out. I mean, everybody loved the Tesla, but when the Rivian came out and they were showing what it could do, you know, it was like, oh, my God. And then, then like, uh, Lucid Air came out, how fast it could be, how long of a range that could be, how luxurious that thing is. Oh, my gosh. And there's other car companies, like, especially truck companies, you know, delivery truck companies. General Motors needs, and they know they need some exciting electric platforms to come out. Yeah. And have you um, seen the the uh, General Motors Buick Electra? No. It's a it's a concept right now, but they they claim they're bringing it out, and that Buick Electra is amazing. And I hope that comes. I want one. Uh, it is an incredible car. That that's the that's the promise. That's the car that they promised me when I watched George Jetson <laughs> when I was ten years old. <laughs> okay. I mean, describe this thing. What does it have? Huge fins? Does it fly? What does it do? No, it doesn't fly. It's electric. But you'll have to pull it up on a computer. The General Motors Buick Electra. Okay. The new one. And it, and it's, uh, it's futuristic. It is amazing uh, with the styling. Uh, the doors are kind of going, and the they all open up. It 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 is just a really cleverly designed uh, vehicle. And I, I I've seen it a number of times, and I really like it. I hope the I hope GM launches it because it will be a game changer for them. Well, they're going to need. They're going. Yeah, I was going to say they're going to need it because they're late to the party. You know, if it wasn't for this chip shortage, you know, they could sell every E Mustang they build. You know, clearly they could sell right. every F one fifty Ford could build. I'm talking about Ford. You know, and GM is a little yep. bit late, but GM is going to come in and try to flood. Now, one of the wild things too that we were talking about this morning was. It looks like that there is a certain amount of, of surfboards that people are making. And now it's a matter of, you know, if you make the same old surfboard or skateboard, you know, um, with with just the chassis and the motor and everything is there, you know, you just right. add different bodies on top, just like you're putting on a bun on a, on a hamburger. You know, you could change. <laughs> we were talking about if you were a manufacturer of bodies, of like, uh, you know, fiberglass bodies, you could take as many of these skateboards as they could sell you, and you could change, you know, you could have a a 65 um, Barracuda. You could have a 71 GTO, you know, just have changed fiberglass bodies. But, I mean, it's almost to the point where when... When the big three, let's say Chevrolet, came out with a new car, you would have to change the. Ch- you'd have to figure out the chassis. You would have to figure out how the engine fit. You'd have to figure out how everything. Yep. But if it's a standardized, and it looks like that's what GM went to, as a standard standardized skateboard surfboard, 
you know, where the wheels, chassis, and everything's all there. You just design your body style. This could be one of the most fascinating times in automobiles because you can change. If all you had to do was change bodies and interiors, that's it. You never had to worry about the motors. You didn't have to worry about where the motor placement was, where the wheel placement was, everything else. You just are putting on a new car body like on top of a car model. My God, man, right. you, you wouldn't have a 10-year version of the Dodge Challenger or a 300. You know, it's like the same old thing. I mean, there could be real excitement brought back to the auto industry. Yeah, I, I can see that as well. And, like, big trucks get repurposed. They, they get uh, a, a new body put on the truck. They, they, uh, they, they change the chassis. <laughs> Um, these things uh, could have, you know, you could have a new body put on your chassis. Right, yeah. Um, they're looking at long-term, uh, long-term operation on these. They're, they're talking about hundreds of thousands of miles of, of operation without, without very much maintenance. You know, tires, alignment, and brakes, uh, service you know windshield wipers door seals all that kind of stuff you'll still you'll still see tie rod ends all the steering components but um the engine maintenance timing chains how many cars do you hear need a timing chain uh at twelve hundred dollars a timing chain keep going uh, for crazy. a honda son <laughs> right <laughs> we can tell you yeah yeah i mean really that's um, but you always get that skeptical of um, oh, yeah, well, oh, something's got to break down in that electric motor. It just can't keep going on. Who's going to fix it? I don't know. A what, lot of... What breaks down? Already, already there are many, many, many uh, examples of Teslas with hundreds of thousands of miles on them. Yeah. And no oil changes. <laughs> no oil changes. Uh, and they're heavy. There's lots of tires. They do burn up tires. So... As battery technology evolves and we lighten them back up to where our current production models are, you know, uh, tire wear will, will return and it, we're, on a, we're on a big ramp of development um, that will not take as long as internal combustion engines took. We'll be on a, a five-year ramp or 10-year ramp and uh, we'll see some amazing Stuff. Everybody will adopt these within five years. Once once your neighbor gets one and you actually get a chance to drive mm -hmm. it, even the most hardcore internal combustion engine people, once they realize what a paradigm shift this is, they'll be driving electric. Yeah. I mean, I give you anybody from Norway right now who's like 65% yeah. and they're looking to be 80% yep. electric in a couple of years. And these guys are the home of Shell Oil kids, you know. Yeah. They know something's afloat, and that's the way they do things. Talking about doing things, that's the way that the big three are going to have to. I know that, and again, Dodge, come on, boys. Talk about, well, we'll wait and see, wait and see, wait and see. Already now you're way behind with your electric Challenger. You know, here comes the electric yeah. Coupeau Chevrolet. Here comes the the whatever the thingy that, that Ford has there. 1400 
and this is just the beginning. Now, everything that NerdRoot's got to do is they have to now say, okay, here comes a whole lot of cars, and they're going to come in a big hurry again once the chip shortage is done, you know, because this is going to be the performance cars that you're going to have to have. Or not to have to have, but these are the cars yeah. you're going to buy from the factory, you know, because the Hellcats exactly. won't be there. And we're not talking tomorrow or next year, et cetera, but we're talking within a handful of years coming up. So now how right. is, how is Netter going to handle <laughs> this big yeah. influx? It, it will be a, a big influx. And the, and the funny thing is all of these electric cars are fast, right? Um, the the smallest ones are still faster than the internal combustion engine cars, so it it uh, it poses a lot of opportunity. Um, uh, we see a lot of growth, um, a, a real positive outlook. More and more people are realizing and accepting, um, and even though there's a there is a vocal minority yeah. who still dislike this. Um, we're seeing a, a just a cascade of people who are embracing this. So it's on the way. Yeah, it's it's to the point where you can't stop it. You know, I mean, the big three. If you drive, if you're driving a Camaro now or a Nova now or something, the manufacturer that manufactured your car is just saying we're not doing internals or ice engines anymore. You know, this is what we got. You know, so if you got a right. problem with that, then give up your your Nova or your Camaro, you know, and then go to Ford. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, go to uh, oh, dog on it. You can't go to anybody. But you're right. Once it's going to take these cars to get on the road in mass, not onesies, twosies, but you certainly are seeing a whole lot more Teslas, and you're recognizing them on the road now. And anybody that's ever oh. drove a Plaid, you know, or you're right, any. The, <laughs> The whole thing of when you stomp it and you're not waiting for the tachometer to hit two, three, four, five, six, seven, you're there. You're done. You're pet. You're, you're. There is no ride in Cedar Point that pins you like a plaid or an electric right. car, frankly. Just any of them. You know, most of them are carrying between three and five hundred horsepower in a family car. You know. Yeah, and and that's it's incredible. Yeah, and that's not even what, you know, when we had John Metric on, it's like, yeah, you want 1500 There you go. How much more you want? Right. You know, it's how much, because right. really, what holds back, like, humongous 8,000-horsepower motors, Al? Battery? Yeah, it's it's limited by battery. Uh, as the battery technology, it's kind of like a ladder. Uh, one, we'll, we'll see increases in one. And then there's no point in going any higher in that one until the other one catches up or or passes it. So it's kind of a ladder. They've been working their way up, and now we're seeing. Uh, and with this, with this market, because they didn't have a market before, so no one was developing electric motors. The potential was there because we we have since we built electric motors for for mass transportation. Uh, materials and electronics have changed dramatically and now we're seeing the fruits of that uh, advancement and we're able to make 
futuristic, incredible electric motors. That one by Koenigsegg now. Um, oh yeah, it, that's it's right. About yeah, that's gonna that's gonna revolutionize. We're gonna see some some electric motors that are, you know, the size of a watermelon that make 500 horsepower. Each. And yeah, right. You'll you'll have just incredible uh, potential. And the same the same thing is happening to our battery packs. Um, it's kind of like the computer revolution where uh, processor speed is doubled every, you know, every year, every six months. Now we're seeing battery technology get lighter with better energy density every year. Yeah. And, and the, it's going to go ahead. Go crazy. Well, yeah. It, no, it, it's going to go crazy. That's the thing. you got to go all the way back to the big three put in all their chips in this. I mean, Volvo put all their chips in this. All the manufacturers are all in on electric. So they had to sell these cars to sometimes a skeptical audience. So they have to come out with a better mousetrap. they got to come out with a better battery than they have right now. And rest assured, folks that are listening out there, they're doing it. I mean, they're doing 24-hour development, and everybody's trying to get get that better mousetrap. Yep, they are. They're working hard for it right now. And there are amazing... there are amazing steps being taken right now and, and develops, developments being uh, realized. But to bring it to commercial success, some of those just aren't going to pan out. It's going to yeah. cost too much. Right. Uh, there, there are problems along the way. Plus, if they see a breakthrough that's just on the horizon and they're working towards that breakthrough through they're not bringing the previous technology to market because that previous technology is going to take a lot of money to get the tools and ramp it up into production. And then once they get it into production and they start producing batteries, that next breakthrough is going to happen. And then, oh, they're, now they've invested all their money on a, on a lower uh, technology that they would rather produce the latest technology. And as long as this curve is going up, as long as they're making developments and they're getting greater energy density with um, batteries that are more safe, that can charge faster, can produce more uh, uh, specific energy, as they're learning and they're making these things happen, they're not settling on one battery technology. They brought some cars out here that are pretty incredible, but I want you to know the next generation... uh, a couple of years out, we're going to see some incredible cars. Yeah, because then you make them like already. I think Tesla had like their second generation battery already, if not more. Yeah, you know, and the smaller right. and more dense of energy you can have in these batteries, the more that they can turn up the screw and get you a little bit more horsepower. So, kids, this is 1956 all over again. If you're an ice engine guy, and if you're an ice engine guy, it is unusual to see that. You know, electric guys, EV guys can live in an ice world. Sometimes ice people can't cross over to that. You know, I mean, for the Nedra folks, I mean, for drag racing coming up, are we seeing the next Ford and Chevy kind of rivalry, EVs versus <laughs> ice? We will. I, But I think they, you know, the, the perception is that, uh, that 
battery electric vehicles have some uh, some advantage that internal combustion engines don't have. Um, so they don't they don't want to combine the two right now. Um, the The perception is that somehow battery vehicles are more consistent. They have more power. They're all wheel drive. I don't know. I've heard all the excuses, um, but they they want uh, to keep them separate. I think there'll be a time when we can all just race together. Why would they? I mean, you have an advantage. How? I mean, because you have instant well, torque. Yeah, well, they believe that it's more consistent, so they don't want a bracket race against them, right? And it does it does appear that they have some consistency, although it's still it's still cutting a light. It's still the the track differences, the the capability, how you set up the car. Um, there there are a lot of variables, but um, they see like Cletus just uh, raced a Tesla. At uh, in Florida, and it was incredible. He had a great time driving the Tesla. Somebody loaned him a Tesla. Uh, Cletus McFarland, he's he's sure, pretty famous yeah. in the YouTube world, and and uh, so he borrowed a Tesla. Now the the guys on uh, Street Outlaws, Farm Truck and Asian, um, those guys uh, just on their episode last night um, are constructing an electric drag car. To, to race on street outlaws um they're they're it's it's going to be everywhere soon soon you won't be able to get away from it um the people who who are unhappy uh will will have to agree that it's here to stay yeah i mean it, it's really especially if if the big three are putting a lot of their developmental dollars and a lot of their promotional dollars into their E dragsters, whatever they may be, you know. I mean, if Garlitz is in it, Garlitz alone was the biggest step, I think, you know, to bring it to the masses. It's like, look, if the Big Daddy is known to be a guy that develops everywhere he goes, you know, and now if he's interested in electric, hmm, right, you know, so now, yeah. I mean, isn't Nedra writing the rules for the NHRA and their version of, you know, their classification for EVs? Uh, we have written the rules, and they've adopted them, uh, and we continue to work with them uh, for new rules. Uh, uh, the electric uh, portion and the safety uh, portion in the NHRA rule book have all come from NEDRA. Right. So if you want to know <laughs> what's going on before the NHRA, and I assume the IHRA also, you know, go see NEDRA. Yes. I mean, go to the NEDRA site. Right. You know, what we should do is the people who are now, you're, now you're the big head honcho, correct? That's correct. All right. So the people on your board are who? Wow. We have a number of people on the board. Less than 10? Uh, vice, <laughs> what? Make it uh, 10 vice people? <laughs> uh, Lowell Simmons is the vice president, and uh, Lowell has many years of racing under his belt. Our former president, John Metric, who was on your show, 
yep. uh, has years of experience. And then uh, Nedra goes back uh, over 20 years, and we still have uh, the founding members who are available as resources, and many of them are the people who have developed electric motor technology from the ground up, uh, battery technology, although they don't build uh, lithium-ion batteries, uh, we have we have just an amazing resource of knowledge in this group. And if you want to build an electric vehicle, then you'd want to uh, join NEDRA and and uh, reach out to some of the knowledge that is contained in this group. Yeah, and now, PRI for next year, you guys are really going to make a splash, right? That's my understanding. Uh, I've been talking to the promoter. Uh, Rex Roy will be uh, involved, and as I understand it, we're going going to – it'll be bigger and better, new and improved. And uh, as always – we're looking forward to having a, a, a big showing there, bigger than this year. Uh, it was well-received, and the PRI was very, very happy with the results, uh, and we are going forward. Wow. If you had your, you know, the magic wand and you could bring anything to PRI, what would you bring for you? I mean, besides garlets? <laughs> yeah, we, we, we'd have uh, the, the top. Uh, the top top fuel cars or the the, the unlimited vehicles. Uh, there are some great uh, home built dragsters out there. Door cars. Uh, there's the uh, the rocket bike. Um, uh, the the guys from uh, Street Outlaws, uh, a farm truck in Asia. And I'm sure that truck will be will be out. Uh, and I hope we have access to that next year. Um, we have, oh, like the Tesla-swapped Plymouth Satellite, uh, Kevin Erickson's vehicle. Beautiful um, job, too, and, by the way. Yeah, amazing. Jameson Durrett just put together one. Uh, so many. I mean, more than I can I can think of, but there are so many beautiful cars. Our, our uh, vice president owns a Porsche that's, just amazing, amazing nine second, and he races it, and he races it all the time. Um, and metrics car, I mean, we need to see that with the motor installed, right? It needs to be displayed with the with the whole drivetrain in place. Yeah. So I, I I hope a lot happens. Yeah, I, I noticed that you, too for Nedra that they had a, and I don't know whose idea it was, but it's a great idea that they have a YouTube channel now you know because people need to see these things as opposed to we can talk all day about it you know but it, once they see the cars they actually do smoke their tires and they actually do go extremely quick down the quarter mile you know just not that you know a video here and a video there and i heard my best friend had a plaid blah blah you know i, I think it's a great <laughs> idea that people can go back there and take a look these and they're and it's changing every day you know, I mean, every day, every right. day. Right. Well, we're we're working on it. The the Nedra Electric Racing YouTube channel uh, went live uh, a few weeks ago, and we're being selective. 
with the videos. We want the best of the best. Uh, and as this fills up, you'll see the best of the best on this YouTube channel for all the electric races. And then in the future, uh, our media director, we're hoping for um, live events uh, and more coverage uh, in a fashion that we haven't had in the past with the with the uh, interest in electric vehicles and electric drag racing right now, we think we can we can provide a service, provide some value uh, in bringing you know some some entertainment uh, for people who are interested in electric vehicles. I mean, can you have a national now, Al? Yes. Really? And that can't be talked about yet. We're uh, <laughs> we're in the we're in the works. <laughs> You can't talk about it now, eh? All right. All right. So say if you couldn't talk about it, could you talk about it, say, in August? Yes. <laughs> Maybe before that. I won't that. push you. I won't push you. You know? But, I mean, <laughs> really, kids, if you got anything out, and besides a wealth of information that you just got out of this last hour, know that there sounds like an EV Nationals around the corner, something coming on there. Oh, come on. Thirty-one. Oh, excuse me. Um, you know, I would <laughs> love to see something around here. I mean, we would be there like glue because it would be. Well, you, you have to have people see these things. There will be a local event, and it will be in August. There will be a local event, uh, probably um, the Nedra Midnight Madness. It'll be called Nedra Midnight Madness. Um, probably on a Friday night at US 131. And uh, that date has not been set. All right. Let's see. So uh, 131 in August, EV Nationals. Hmm. I'd say we got that one pretty on the uh, button, don't you? (laughs) I can neither. uh, (laughs) I I can't confirm that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's going to be great. If you guys have that, trust us. Like glue, we will be there. You know, I mean, oh, yeah. we will give you whatever we can do behind it because it's an exciting new way. I mean, I'm not there for the motor. I'm there for the competition. I don't care what motor you have in your car. I don't care if it's Ford, Chevy, Volkswagen, electric. I don't give a damn. Drag racing is drag racing. Who gets to the traps wins. And that's what makes this fun. And if we have a brand new element coming into it, everybody into the pool. That's the way we look at it's it. It's good for the sport. It's good for the sport. Um, I'm I'm an internal combustion engine guy. I have a, a 66 Fairlane with a Coyote swap in it, and I love it. You know, I, I'm, I grew up with that, but I also see the potential. And I don't want to be last to the table. With electric, I want to know. I want to be. I want to be a leader in that area. So this is the direction we need to go. Yeah, and we notice that Nedra is really kicking up the boots. I mean, it's we're seeing it everywhere now, especially in Facebook. You know, so right. evidently this is now the time, or the time has come, or your media director or your new board is really rocking socks right now. Congratulations, folks! Right. If they had to find you, Al, where would they find you at? Um, they can email me uh, at president at nedra.com. Uh, <laughs> you could uh, 
Also, if you're interested, look up uh, uh, nedra.com, and uh, email address is in the website. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page, the uh, Nedra National Electric Drag Racing Association Facebook page, um, and look through there. There are plenty of posts. You can uh, Facebook message me. Um, there, there are a lot of opportunities, and you, you'll find that in that community, you wouldn't need just me. There are so many helpful people. You'll get a response if you had a question, if you want to uh, uh, work towards building a car, if you have an interest. Um, it's not like the rest of the world. Uh, you won't get all the hecklers in the in the negativity uh, because you're in a in a community of people who who find some appreciation and acceptance for electric cars. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, if you really want to have some fun, and I don't, oh God, we don't want to lose the man. But talk to John Metric. I mean, we're having him back on again. We're making the announcement. I think Good. two weeks, two weeks. That he's coming. He, he, a fascinating guy. God bless. I wish the heck that he would get that motor in something, anything. I don't care if it was in a go kart. Yeah. You know, my God. There, I mean, there's things that he'll have to tell you about that too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he is to us. He is the Keith Black of EVs. You know, the Ed Pink of yeah. EVs. I mean, the stuff that that he guy. Is. He's got it rolling around in his head, and he's actually has something. Pass the POC, pass the uh, proof of concept version. You know, this guy eats, sleeps, drinks this, you know, Lone Star EV performance. And, God, we can't wait. You know, I, sorry, 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 Don Garlitz, but scoot over. Here comes John Metric. If he puts out everything that he thinks he's got and, and we don't disbelieve him, uh, I'm telling you, man. Right. Lone Star EV, and there, there's other, there's a lot of other people that are building EV motors, and and again, it's oh, yeah. 1906. Everybody is opening up their own shingle, and they think they got a better mousetrap. But John Metric is further along than I think than anybody else, as far as I know, you know. And he, he is a leader. He talks the talk. Sometimes, if you're just a normal yeeb like us, it gets a little bit over the left field fence. But you know, he's. He was a good president to have for you guys before, you know, but now the right people are in the right place. Everyone's where they're supposed to be. You know, John, God bless you, son. 1,500 horsepower is not enough for me. So hurry up and go make something bigger. (laughs) You know, don't worry about Nedra. We'll have Al do this part. You know, next year I hope to see double that. And in a uh, motor size that's about as big as a, a Red Bull can, you know, Right. No sweat there, John, but that, uh, make it happen. <laughs> All right. So that, they got that. That's coming. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, that's coming. Oh, yeah, that's coming. And especially wait till you see the nuclear batteries. There you go, Jetsons. <laughs> <laughs> God help us. Uh, Al, what did we not cover that we should have in the last minute here? Um, we'll, you know, there'll be a future, there'll be a future call. <laughs> Oh, we'll have to cover that then. Oh, we're camping out at your house. I mean, we're we're going now. I mean, of all the fun things that you have over at your place right now, it's certainly a lot nicer than uh, Metropolitan Detroit is right now. 
But yes, yeah, do call us again. And again, if you need anything, folks, it's Nedra. They have a uh, revamped look, and they are like, they're going great guns. I was going to say they're shot from rockets, but that would kind of, there's no electric rocket just yet. You know, but however, it, it's fascinating. Al, hang on the line for us for just a moment, won't you please? All right. Yeah, we want to talk to you. Go ahead. All right. Bye bye. See you. Jumping Jack Flash here on the home of the high performance since the 60s and 70s, and the only station that gives a damn about the greatest sport on earth. That's drag racing. This is CKW <laughs> Radio 76.